0: Hello and welcome back to another episode if you want to do what. Today we've got Tushar on and he's the founder of Zeg. Hiya.
1: Hi Daniel, thanks for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure, thank you for coming on. Um, Shall we jump straight in? Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do?
1: Sure, Um, so I'm Tushar, I'm founder of Zeg. Um So if you imagine from the eyes of a Shopify or an Etsy seller, um, and if the first thing that they need is a high quality product photo to start selling online. Mm. And in order to get a like a stunning imagery, you need to first ship a product to a studio uh, and you need to ship props. So you can imagine things like strawberry and lavender being shipped to a studio. And then after a week and spending more than 500 pounds, you get a handful of product photos. So what Zeg does is that it does everything online. And the way it works is you upload a photo of the product. It converts that into a 3D model. And then it's up to you. Do you want to place it on a beach or a mountain? And then you can get a high stunning imagery without leaving your desktop. And it's it's at one-fifth the cost of a traditional studio. And it takes you less than 10 minutes to do that. So now so now he like small sellers can actually compete with big brands when it comes to imagery uh, by using Zec platform
0: wow that is a brilliant idea so how did this all begin have you got a background in, in computers or
1: yeah? So then um uh, so well, the way I had like startup developed some experience in startup was um, I started my uh, experience um, in automotive product development then did some things in consulting but eventually I moved to um, rocket internet uh, kind of a setup mm-hmm. and um, there I was like you know like building prototypes. Now you can build prototypes through no code software. And um, at that time I was just getting some developers and building a prototype. And um, then I will go to countries like Tanzania, uh, Kenya, Rwanda, and then we will launch the product there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll just land there for a few days and try to get traction onto the product. So there was a good breeding ground on how to say launch products and how to get traction. And um, that led me to Blipper, uh, which used to, is, which is a pioneer in augmented reality, and that's where I was exposed to a lot of 3D models. And uh, when you look at, look in augmented reality, you can you know visualize products in front of you. you can visualize all kinds of things you know, through your phone. Um, and that's when I researched a bit about 3D models because it was very cumbersome and very difficult to create. Mm. And, and what I found out was like, if you go to like, uh, you know, websites such as Wayfair or uh, IKEA, so all the photos that you see are not real uh, because, really? you, yeah, because you can't wait for the sun to come out and, you know, ship, <laughs> <laughs> ship the, uh, like move the furniture at the right place at the right time and take a photo. So what that industry generally does is they take a photo of the smartphone, photo of the product. Um, they send it to, you know, countries such as India, Vietnam, and China. And then there are armies of 3D artists sitting there that build the 3D model. Um, so it's very much like, you know, Hollywood CGI. Yeah. And uh, that's how they will build the fo- photos. Um, but you can do that for furniture items because those are expensive, like more than 700 pounds, 500 pounds sure. furniture. So you could spend like, say, a couple of hundred pounds on just one photo of a furniture um and that's what the problem i saw and said like if we could automate this entire process of building 3d models um, then you can really cut down the cost for photography and really help small sellers get that visualization without having to spend hundreds of pounds wow
0: i mean this this kind of technology so augmented reality uh, 3d modeling um, this kind of industry is only going to grow right you know there's applications for this kind of technology even within the world of of blockchain and things like nfts and and that kind of that gaming sphere as well so it's a really exciting industry isn't
1: it yeah absolutely i mean if you look at like the recent announcement by facebook where they're talking about metaverse Mm. and uh, then you have microsoft announcing uh, some like metaverse sort of uh, product launches and uh, then it's, it begins to feel that a lot of these companies are going to invest in the 3D space now. And, um, when you look at 3D space, it looks nice, but like in order to create that, if the process is going to be cumbersome, then it's going to be very difficult to populate that space with content. And, um, that's where we feel we can add some value to it, even though it's on the e-commerce side of things. Uh, but like you can build 3D contents fast and like you and I or anyone listening to this podcast can actually build those 3D models.
0: Wow, I mean, that's how did you go about actually getting this product from, like you said, you know, you did development, but what was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, so it's been uh, with uh, its own ups and downs. And um, so when I um, started the company in uh, 2018, um, and, uh, I looked at like, first thing we prototyped was a shoe model and, mm-hmm. um, and what we did was we took a photo and through some trickery ended up with a 3d model. And then, uh, we kind of get, got to a 3d model, which looked like a shoe. And, uh, I was so happy with just looking at that. I thought like <laughs> <laughs> we need to start a company and we can, you know, like, uh, start selling this. And, um, so the first mistake was probably selling it first and then building it later. That's probably uh, the mistake I did. And um, what I realized is that like that 3D model that uh, we were creating as a prototype is not sellable. Um, Mm -hmm. So if a company or a brand wants to buy and they have their products and they want to look at those products with a very different kind of light in terms of it has to be perfect so if you're looking at the sole of the shoe that has to be perfect if you're looking at the laces they need to look perfect and and then you want to push that to such a realism that uh, if you like at look at a real shoe and like say a 3d model of the shoe they should look the same mm. and that's where people want to start make, spending money on and uh, and there was a lot of gap in the technology to get <laughs> to that <laughs> get to that stage um so we started the company 2018 worked with the shoes um it didn't sell so then we decided okay furniture is the biggest item and there were a lot of clients who wanted to work with us if we could automate it so wayfair target and a number of other companies wow. and uh, so we spent one and a one and a half years on uh, furniture items and uh, and like even small things like if you look at a table and if there're two pieces of wood crossing each other there is a line so even if you miss that line the client wouldn't pay and um, so we just couldn't automate uh, furniture items because it was so so difficult to do that sure Uh, so after one and a half years we had to really delete the technology that we had created and start all over again wow and um, so what we have now in zeg is that you can actually take a photo of uh, consumer good items like say cosmetics or something that you can find at sainsbury's or tesco's and uh, you can actually take a photograph and actually build it on the on our studio right now and render into into a high quality product photo Um, and so that's what we have learned so far that start small (laughs) with some things that are less complicated and then gradually build something more complex so now we are building shoes and we are getting to that stage
0: i think that's a great example though we always like to talk about on this podcast about just trying and you know mm-hmm. learning from failures and that's a brilliant example i'm sure you know you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't have initially sort of failed with the furniture if you like but now you're able to build this product right
1: yeah and it, the the faster you fail the better you can learn actually and uh, so the whole point of iteration is to fail faster and um, so some of the mistakes that we did was we were doing a lot of coding and i think that's the first red flag that If you're doing a lot of coding, then probably you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Uh, Most of the solutions are very simple and easy and uh, they do not require that much of coding. And um, so that's what we have learned from over, like let's say last two and a half, three years of the journey that keep it simple and make things work first. simpler things work first, Um, capitalize on that before moving to something relatively complex
0: sure so you know you're you're well versed in the world of you know coding and and uh you know this now sort of augmented reality and you know 3d modeling that's a really interesting space uh you know for us to talk about on a careers podcast because what are some of the skill sets you think people are going to need to go into this industry and that that specifically going forward
1: yeah that's a that's a really interesting question so um when you talk about 3D, um, there, there could be multiple things um, that people can do in the industry itself. Um, so there are some technical things that people can do, which is like, let's say uh, you could be a 3D artist, you could be a budding 3D artist, and you want to uh, become an artist in the long run and work on same big Hollywood movies or on like say in the games industry and building characters, for example. And um, so that's one type of a uh, career path. And um, what we are seeing is there is a lot of automation happening on that side, like including us. So there are a lot of tools that are becoming available uh, that can make you an artist really faster compared to, let's say, five years before, where you would have to at least spend three years to be a really, really good 3D artist. Um, So through procedural sort of modeling softwares, you can learn very quickly and uh, you can become a really good 3D artist. Um, But on the other side of things, I feel like uh, there are a lot of things happening on the um, like 3D and at the cross section of web. So earlier 3D can only work on, let's say like like a very high-end device, Uh, let's say a high-end iPhone or a high-end MacBook, for example. Uh, But nowadays, you can actually run 3D on web. And that's where at least we feel the future is going to be. So if you look at like Fortnite, for example, or other such like popular games, so there are like certain versions of those games will start to come on the web. And you can actually get that kind of a quality that you can get on an internet browser that was only possible, uh, say, on a high-end machine. Um, So once that reality becomes true, then there is a lot of opportunities for uh, like people to become, let's say, front-end developers, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are 3.js, WebGL, such frameworks where they can become front-end developers. On the back-end side, there is like, you know, so much of work happening on 3D models because you need compression. You can't run very heavy 3D models. So you really want to compress them. And there's a lot of nice technologies being developed um, on that side of things. Uh, Plus definitely you need program managers and product managers, because this is a different kind of a UI that will come into place. Um, So be it like Facebook's metaverse or like even web-based platform, you require a complete rethink of a different kind of, um, like a UX and a UI. Um, so definitely, it's going to be a very interesting space. I I hope that answers the question. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. I think for me personally, the space or, or the kind of area within this space that excites me the most is is the gaming opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you've got things like Facebook's Metaverse. We spoke about very quickly NFTs um, and and building sort of. Uh, virtual reality worlds on blockchain, which I think is a very cool, very uh, cool yeah. future technology. But apart from gaming, what are some other industries that these kind of technologies you think will be applied to?
1: So one is uh, in the uh, definitely in the movie industry. It's coming in a like at a much more bigger scale. Um, so most of the movies that you're seeing and most of the scenes that you see are built in three D. Um, so definitely that, that area of creativity is coming, uh, coming in at a much more wider scale than before. Um, second is on the website space as well. So even website building space, So you, what I'm seeing is there are a couple of companies that are building VR websites or you know, virtual reality websites. So you actually interact with the website in a three-dimensional way rather than the two, two-dimensional way that we have been interacting with the website um so so definitely that's another area of um, of interest I would say or area of growth in the in the 3d space. And uh, then there are a whole bunch of enterprise applications so, so so for example, you know robotics and automation, for example, like like teaching a robotic arm how to grab an object. so most of that is being done through 3D so you want to understand you know like, is this bottle made of glass or plastic? So, how should I grab it? Should I grab it firmly, or you know, like? Uh, oh wow! So, so you are training all these robotic arms through 3D, uh, and they are being trained in 3D space. Um, so, th- there are a lot of other interesting areas that are coming in this uh, 3D space.
0: So, it's a really exciting sort of industry or skill set to learn to take into quite a few industries now.
1: Quite a few, and. Um, one other thing that we work on and, uh, we have seen a lot of traction. We are f- focusing less on it right now is the synthetic media in general. So when you, when you talk about synthetic media, it's basically CGI or 3d. Yeah. And, um, it's a lot of AI application, for example. Um, so if we talk about computer vision specifically, not like language processing and other things. Um, so if you wanted to understand like what sort of like you know brand that this is for example so one way to do that is you will ask someone to collect a lot of photos and then there will be armies of people you know drawing bounding box and things like that and like telling the uh, computer what is in that photograph or what you can do is just build a synthetic sort of media which is like the bottle in uh, rendered on a nice sort of uh, like a table, for example, mm. and automatically get all the information like, uh, you know, how far the bottle is from the camera, how what kind of a bottle it is, for example, and then you can start training the AI algorithm on synthetic data wow. uh, rather than a real world data where you have like, you know, privacy issues, like uh, whose bottle is this, for example, or uh, whose hand is that? Um, so wow. a, defin- a really
0: exciting space
1: yeah Yeah. it's a, a synthetic media is going to be uh, there are like some other companies that people can check out is like synthesia.io where you can actually just write a text and the person speaks that text in a diff- completely different language and you can start <laughs> creating those videos uh, like tutorial videos for or you know product videos for example you can do that Wow.
0: And and let's talk a bit about a bit more about Zeg itself. So how's it going, and what's the next few sort of few years look like?
1: Yeah. So how, how, in terms of how it's going, is like we launched the product in um, June two thousand twenty-one, and then we had to do several launches again and again because we want to get feedback. And then there was a stable release uh, in August uh, slash September 2021, and since then we have uh, now worked with over hundred smaller brands. So we are talking about someone who is selling, let's say, cosmetic uh, items on Shopify, or someone mm-hmm. who is selling a drop shipping item on eBay. Mm-hmm. And um, so we worked with close to hundred brands, and uh, right now our focus is onboarding them, and. Uh, making them use the platform very quickly. So there's a certain bit of education involved. Um, and the second bit of users that we are seeing is uh, photographer themselves, because sometimes they have to turn away the project because they have to receive the product and then they have to do all the things uh, like infrastructure wise, which is expensive. Yeah. So they could actually now take the project and build it all online and uh, on the extra money which uh, they were not able to do earlier. And uh, the third category for us is 2D creatives. So a lot of 2D creatives that can use Adobe, Photoshop, and other such products, they want to get into 3D, but for them it's a huge learning curve because they have to spend so many months on a 3D software like you know, Maya or Cinema 4D. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm seeing is like 2D creatives are dabbling with a platform and um, are becoming virtual photographers, uh, so to say, um, and serving the client themselves. Um, so so going back to like, uh, so right now this is what we are doing and we are like scaling the product for the consumer goods items, like something that you can find at Sainsbury and Tesco, uh, but we are also building shoes. So one of the trends that we are looking at is virtual fashion because there's so much wastage that happens when it comes to fashion items. Yeah, um, so we're thinking of shoes like a virtual item that brands can actually build in front of their consumers and then they are 3D printed or manufactured based on when, once the consumer decides to buy. Wow. Um, so that's the, I would say the near, near term or long term sort of a product that we are building and like testing with multiple, uh, multiple people.
0: That sounds incredible. Like that could really help change the fashion industry.
1: Yeah, I I hope like uh, it will reduce the wastage because um, um, like if you can 3D print the shoes, for example, and there are certain trends in that direction, then um, consumers can just like decide what they like. They can even customize it. So if they don't like the laces or, or they want something else, they can actually do that and uh, just press a button, and then they can receive the shoe that they created on a desktop, for example.
0: Wow. Um, and I guess, I guess from me, uh, the final kind of question is: if you could go back, would you choose to do this whole journey over again?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's it's been a painful journey, but yeah, yeah I would uh, I would still uh, do it again, and probably with um, with few fewer mistakes probably uh, that we have done in the past. Um, and one reason is because. Um, I'm super passionate about 3D and democratizing 3D. Mm. And uh, we feel like if we can democratize 3D, then it can have a much more wider impact in terms of people who can use it as well as, you know, generating a much bigger market than what it is right now. Um, so definitely I'll, I'll do it again.
0: Oh, Tushar, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing all about what you're doing in your career so far. So thank you so much for taking the time. Um, where can people find you your business and what you're up to
1: yeah thanks so much daniel for having me uh, i can be found at uh, zeg.ai that's our website i can also be uh, reached directly at tushar uh, at zeg.ai or contact at zeg.ai um, i would be happy to like demo our product to people who are interested and uh, definitely it would be interesting to hear from people
0: amazing thank you again
1: thanks daniel